Hey everyone, what's up? Uh, Daniel here from Dogs and Deadlifts. Super excited uh, to uh, let you guys know about uh, the Unconventional Canine Fitness Academy uh, membership that is uh, due to drop on the 1st of May. Uh, really, really excited to uh, put this uh, shit together for you guys. Um, basically, a, a membership site where you can access um, my Unconventional Canine uh, Fitness Blueprint, a community of like-minded people from around the world, um, all in one place. So really, really looking forward to uh, launching that one on the 1st of May. Uh, if you're interested, the link will be in the uh, uh, in the, the podcast description. I'd love to see you there. Welcome to the Dogs and Deadlifts, Building Better Dogs and People podcast. Join your host, Daniel Rose, as we discuss everything and human strength and conditioning. We talk to experts, hear from people in the know, and just talk the latest on strength and conditioning for both people and their pups. We are about building better dogs and people. So good morning and welcome back to the Dogs and Deadlifts podcast. This morning, all the way from, I was going to say sunny Canberra, we have Dallas Berkovic. Good morning. Morning. It actually is a sunny day here today too. 20 <laughs> degrees and beautiful. Holy shit. <laughs> I know. Tell me about it. With t-shirt and shorts weather for us. That's, that's amazing because I'm up actually, it has been freezing up here in Toowoomba the last couple of days. I... Um, I actually went camping. We took the dogs for some run, in, uh, some runs in the state forest. What last weekend? And I'm, ca- you know, camping in my little tent uh, in and in thermals. Got my full, um, you know, uh, winter uh, sleeping bag out. Look, it was probably yeah. only like I think it got down to like seven, maybe eight degrees, but I was freezing oh. out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a beautiful, beautiful day here now. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Anything above five degrees now is a nice day. I know, right? I, I'm still acclimatizing, so you know, it's taking a little bit of time. Um. We'll but, you. Yeah, I know, I know. I'll be struggling yeah. when I come down to Canberra for sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's only um, going to get colder. For definitely let's uh let's jump straight into it if that's okay um for our listeners out there um can you give us a little bit about um i suppose yourself what you do um we'll talk about your dogs and and you know the grc club over the you know over the next little while but um you know initially let's let's just jump in and uh you know can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved with dogs yeah yeah so um, I didn't have the usual upbringing that most dog people have, you know, where they've loved dogs from forever. Like I was brought up in a cat family. So it wasn't until I moved out and bought my own house when I was about 21 that I um, finally got to go and get myself a dog. Yeah. Um, so I got myself a German Shepherd and um, that was wonderful. Like my first couple of dogs were all, all rescue dogs. So I had a German Shepherd and two Rottweilers Mm -hmm. Um, and back then like I really didn't know you know much about dogs at all like when I think back now I'm like oh my god the things that I used to do and what I didn't do more importantly Mm -hmm. Um, then my the next dog after that it's Dusty my Labrador who Mm -hmm. I still have at the moment he adopted him through a rescue group Um, and you know they kind of asked me could I help out with some raffles and stuff and next minute 
I was very heavily dragged into rescue and did fostering and, you know, was on the committee and did foster care coordinator and all that sort of stuff for about 10 years. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I adopted another foster, one of my foster dogs through that. It was a gorgeous Briard cross. Yeah. Um, and then as I sort of, you know, the more I did with rescue work, um, the more I realised like this was for me, you know, I really loved working with dogs. Um, one of my dogs actually got attacked by one of my foster dogs and it kind of was a real um, eye opener for me. That was when I was like, oh my God, like if I'm going to do this, I need to do it properly. Like the guilt that I still feel today for, you know, what happened because it was totally foreseeable now that I know what I'm looking at. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I went off and did NDTF um, maybe eight, eight years ago, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and that was fantastic. And, and it's just sort of been onwards and upwards from there. And then about um, probably seven years ago, I started tra transitioning out of the public service um, and into um, just started doing casual dog walking with a company down here called Pups for Fun. And um, yeah, now, you know, eight years, seven years later, I'm operations manager. We have about 40 something staff and service uh, around 620 dogs a week. So, um, yeah, we do the full gamut, daycare, um, training, um, grooming, dog walking. So um, lots of fun. Like it's the, the best job. And, and a coffee van now. So I did see the um, coffee. You know, I'm, yeah. I, I do love a good coffee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just when I thought my job could not get better, we added coffee. So. <laughs> Fantastic. I often say, uh, you know, coffee, dogs and fitness is, uh, is my jam, you know, and, uh, you know, yeah. certainly I'm like, how can I combine those three, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. F fantastic. Um, so, you know, I suppose obviously there's a there's there's eight ten years obviously worth of history. And, you know, I know I definitely know that, um, you know, when you're looking at the uh, you know, the rescue side of things, you know, how easily you can, um, you know, become emotionally, um, but also physically burnt out as well. You know, it's certainly a, a tough gig for, for many people. Uh, how did you find that? Yeah, look, that, that definitely happened to me. Um, I was doing, and it was of my own accord, but you kind of, you know, you start to feel that the guilt and that sort of thing. And, you know, I was taking in so many dogs and and especially once you become ex more experienced and you know once you get that behavior background as well you know you end up having to take the sort of harder dogs or dogs that other foster carers haven't been able to cope with mm -hmm. um so that was you know as much as i like i absolutely loved it it taught me more than anything i've learned anywhere else you know every dog threw up a different challenge whether it be you know health wise or behavior wise or just you know how to motivate them um they all gave me different things and I learned so much from it but you know def definitely did drag me in I didn't spend enough time with my own dogs like I have I don't regret it at all but I you know I have regrets that you know my Cardi my Rottweiler who I have now I I feel like I haven't you know done the best by her for her younger years so um, you know, I'm trying to make up for that now. Um, but yeah, like rescue was amazing. Um, you've just, I suppose, got to keep a 
you know, have people around you that will tell you if you're doing too much and taking on too much because it it can really suck you in and it's hard to give it up because you just think about the dogs and there's always a list waiting to come into your home and you just think, oh, well, you know, especially for me, you know, being a single person with my own, my own house, it was sort of easier for me than, you know, there's no kids to think of, mm-hmm. no husbands or wives that are going to say no. Um, so, you know, it was kind of easier for me to take them in, but that meant that I did, you know, probably take on too much and really, you know, drag myself under a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, I know that, um, you know, us as uh, let's just say dog or pet professionals, um, you know, doesn't matter whether it's through rescue or, or, you know, operations manager, or, you know, from my point of view, you know, running my own doggy daycare, et cetera, previously, you know, it can, you know, it can take its toll. So, you know, obviously um, part of the, you know, the dogs and deadlifts program is uh, to help educate about, um, you know, health and fitness and well-being for dogs, but also, you know, I've got a, a, a strong passion to, uh, you know, help those people that are just getting fucking burnt out and just over um, over life and potentially, you know, it ruins. It, it, potentially, it can ruin our outlook on uh, you know on our dogs um, and the industry for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, at the moment, you know, we're in a massive period of growth in the business that I'm in, and mm. and it is it's long hours and that sort of thing. But I love it, you know, mm. and and it's. It's good though because there is a line, like and and you know I get the opportunity as well to bring my dog to work, and you know we have our own access to the park. And just before here, I was you know down at we've just built a new dam um, with with big fenced area for dogs. So yep. um, you know it brings a lot of opportunities as well. Unfortunately, you know working with the amazing team that I have, you know we're all pretty passionate about fulfilling our dogs and making sure that we do get out you know just this morning I came from you know all our staff got together um and did train our own dogs out at our park and you know so it does keep you you know working your own dog as well as busy as we are we always make sure that there's time to um you know keep up our own you know and as well looking after ourselves as well self-care is a big thing for us as well yeah and and you know just surrounding yourself with those positive people that are like-minded you know can be um you know certainly you know a huge um motivator but also you know a differentiate between someone that's uh, you know working from home on their own and and you know has to yeah. look at um you know their their circle of friends is via you know, uh, Facebook or social media, or even just, um, you know, if they're working from home podcasts and things like that to try and get them across the line, it's fucking hard, you know, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's always just that challenge of, you know, yeah. you always can never really have enough money in this industry. Like, <laughs> um, you know, maybe there's a few people that are really doing, doing well, but it's, you know, it's always a challenge to keep that that line between you know making money and and being able to you know keep a lifestyle that is good for you and good for your dogs as well yeah Um, yeah we work hard at that yeah so um you know for those that um are listening and they don't know what the ndtf uh, program is a quick a quick overview uh national dog trainers federation certificate three um, behavior uh, training and behavior here in australia um you know, focuses quite heavily on, uh, you know, education of, uh, of trainers uh, coming from a uh, balanced uh, training um, system, you know, uh, rather than say, uh, obviously, the 
uh, alternative is just a positive only type uh, training. So um, once you once you finish that um, that NDTI NDTF course, um, you know what was what sort of happened there? You know, thirst for knowledge. You know, obviously jump forward, and you you know we're going to talk about the GRC club shortly. But um, you know, a number of seminars, influences along the way. Yeah, yeah. So I um I was lucky prior to going to, to NDTF. I um our rescue group here in Canberra does a lot of work with um you know trainers from all over Australia just to try and educate our foster carers. Mm-hmm. Um and we had brought up Tamara Mulholland from um underdog training down in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Um and that was a really good eye-opener for me to sort of see what you know what you can do with dogs and that sort of thing, because you know. Growing up, it was just like you just walk the dog and that's all there is. And I didn't really know that much about training. And so she sort of, um, you know, came and did some training with us. And then um, through doing NDTF, I think the biggest thing for me was the networking. Um, So meeting people like Trish Harris and um, from Four Paws Canine down in Melbourne as well. And then we managed to bring her up to Canberra a few times. Mm -hmm. Um, And then just getting into, I think, you know, part of doing courses like that is is that networking part and and understand starting to get access to things like seminars. Mm-hmm. Um, so whereas you know, I think a lot of people just don't know what's what's out there. Um, so being able to find out about seminars that were going on, and I went to my first one with um, Chris from Von Farrell, and I went up to Dural in Sydney, and I didn't know anyone, and I was like slightly terrified. <laughs> um, and it was on, you know, there was some bite work and like, I was just like, my God, this is amazing. And so from there, you know, tens of thousands of dollars later in, in seminars and yep. online education. And, you know, sometimes we were talking yesterday about whether we just paid $350 just to go and catch up with people in Sydney rather than actually learn something. But um, I think the networking is a massive part of it and, you know, getting together with other trainers and learning from them and, yeah. you know, building building those great relationships and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So um, let's talk about, the you know, the, uh, the GRC club. How did that sort of come about? Yeah, so we, um, again, had been to a seminar um, the J Jack and Chad Mackin, and I'd been a big fan of their podcast, um, Canine Conversations, for a long time. And um, once we sort of got that exposure to um, GRC, you know, I really thought this is such a good thing at the time. Like, I, you know, I'd loved bite sports is something that I'd love to do, but I just at the time was working a lot of shift work jobs and didn't have the commitment or the right dog as well. Um, to do that sort of sport and and when GRC you know when that first came out I was like you know this is really a sport that more people can do it's more accessible um, and all that sort of thing so um, down here in Canberra there's a group of people so Amy, Elle and um, Kylie um, got together and and started the club Um, Amy I think was the main driver she was fantastic um, and then, you know, being me, I couldn't help but get involved um, and kind of insert myself in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been fantastic. I think um, actually Amy was saying the other night that the Canberra Club is one of the biggest or, or is the biggest in the world. Wow. Um, we have the most members. So we have, uh, I think, about 23 or 24 members at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of had to close the books fairly quickly because, 
Um, we we're kind of running out of space. We're lucky to have two training um, spaces that we use. Um, but yeah, it's been been absolutely fantastic. Like to see how much improvement um, the dogs have made and and what it's opened them all up to um, mm-hmm. has been has been really really good. Yep. Um, I've yep. probably been a little bit slack in my you know training of getting towards the SR. Like I I kind of fell in love with the sport and then through that went off and did the um, Ashley's um, canine resistance training program, mm-hmm. um, which both me and my dog Cardi fell in love with. Um, so we kind of have drifted more over into the, you know, the fitness and, and conditioning side um, rather than doing our obedience training, which, you know, hopefully we'll get back to, but you know, what it's brought for me and the dog, I don't, I, you know, I don't, really care i'm happy with how we're we're going and it's you know it's made her so much fitter and healthier um she's you know about to turn eight and in the best nick of her life through all this stuff and and being able to bring that to other people as well has been really good yeah for sure so uh just to um so grc canberra is the name of the club yeah and yeah, uh, yeah. yeah so you kick that off and through you know uh that community you found uh, obviously i've had ashley on the podcast here she is fantastic yeah. um you know does some fantastic work so then you found obviously um you know her program canine resistance training yep yeah yep so yeah. i took cardi through the level one and um and mm-hmm. she smashed that we moved into the level the level two program but um cardi's got a bit of arthritis she's had both cruciate ligaments done mm-hmm. um so we didn't quite finish that um second one but we just kind of kept going like we knew enough but through going through that program mm-hmm. um to be able to write our own sort of program to to keep mm-hmm. going with which was good yeah awesome um so you know i just want to backpedal with cardi for for one moment so she's eight yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Turn eight yeah, and um, I suppose some of the things that you've, uh, you've 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 looked at is uh, you know that arthritis was popping up, uh, so you had a, a bit of a change of diet and nutrition as well. Yeah, yeah. So um, it probably started a couple of years ago. Um, so some friends of mine that what used to work here at Pops of Fun, um, mm-hmm. Courtney and Daniel, developed a business called Chefs and Dogs down here in Canberra. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're on TikTok, they're like two million fans. They're like TikTok famous. <laughs> Um, so they kind of were the ones that sort of got me more into raw feeding and all that sort of stuff. And I really, you know, saw a massive difference. My other dog, Dusty, he turns 16 next week. Um, and especially for him, you know, he's obviously got arthritis as well. Um, I saw the massive difference that raw feeding made both behaviorally and, um, you know, to their skin and coat and just their body composition. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, combining that with the fitness stuff was just, you know, the icing on the cake. And I started to just see these changes and went, you know, before that, I would have said that she was a fit and healthy dog. Like she's never been um, fat or anything like that. Um, and, you know, I did never really thought that the kibble that she was on was bad. Mm-hmm. Um, until I saw what she was like on Raw, and then I was like, "Oh, okay, this is a whole nother level." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And definitely, you know, like we've spoken about it a number of times, and uh, you know, for those people out there, um, you know, they're probably aware that uh, it all starts with uh, nutrition, and you know, a big part of my foundation. Uh, program is you know getting your nutrition on point before you even consider any uh you know um activity level for sure 
Yeah, absolutely. Like just, and just knowing a bit more about the supplements and, you know, doing like Narelle's seminar. We had her down here in Canberra not long ago and that was really, really good and, and learning more from, you know, chefs and dogs and various places and your podcast. Yeah. Um, you know, you just learn more about different things you, you can try and, and things that are, you know, going to help with the arthritis and, and all that sort of stuff. And it's just made, you know, especially with Dusty with the 16 year old, you know, mm -hmm. He's really kicking along quite well for his age. So yeah. um, I'm just so, like, so happy. And I'm just like, God, why didn't I know about this so long ago? Which is why I just, you know, I tell everybody about it. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, this is my opinion, but I'll ask for your opinion. But I think there's been a big shift in the last, let's just say, you know, two years, let's just, you know, two years, um, yeah. you know, for people to, you know, looking for more education around nutrition, uh, fitness, um, you know, how to just, you know, have their dog living a healthy, longer life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Like in, um, I was just saying the other day, in one of my puppy classes, we talk a little bit about nutrition and normally I just talk about, you know, buying, you know, as best quality that you can get and looking for things that are not full of preservatives and colors and, and all that sort of stuff. And, and I sort of, you know, read the room to see what people are feeding and, and in my puppy class on Thursday, so many of them were already feeding at least partially raw, mm -hmm. um, you know, and it really opened up some great conversation. Um, and I think that's definitely changed a lot. Like, you know, back in the day, I think, you know, you, you were probably a bit of a weirdo um, if the raw feeders were like those special people, whereas now it's, you know, it is becoming a lot more mainstream and, mm -hmm. Um, you know, for our clients, like so many of them are on raw, yep. um, which is fantastic. Like we're, we're so lucky to have amazing clients in our business here um, who really look after the dogs and, you know, so many of them are moving on to raw feeding and it's, it's just so good to see. And we see, you know, the changes in their behavior in daycare, mm -hmm. um, you know, when, with that change of diet, which is just like, sometimes you're like, well, something's changed with, with your dog like and and they'll be like oh well, you know nothing really and we're like feeding the same thing and sometimes they'll be like no we've moved on to this and you know the difference is just so much calmer you know they're just not not as spicy all the time and mm. yeah and then not as many sloppy shits around the place <laughs> oh god yes yes the odd super coat poos <laughs> for sure but anyway <laughs> uh, that's all good um you know that's awesome and i know that um you know when you've got when you're seeing say you know 600 odd dogs you know uh, a week you know you can certainly uh, get a gauge of um you know interest activity um you know it's a good pool to judge from rather than say you know let's just say you know you might be a, a, a dog trainer or a walker and you only have you know up to 20 dogs a week for instance you know so you know your pool is much bigger and um you know for you and your staff to to see and um changes it's awesome yeah yeah it's really really good and we try to you know we do a lot of staff training um for our team and we look at it you know holistically we don't always look at you know train the things that we do here in daycare so it's not always about you know learning marker words and practicing you know more you know obedience and looking at dog play you know we add all that stuff in but you know we look at the dog as a whole picture and go okay what else can, what other tools can we give our staff that again and give them more knowledge to help both the dogs and the clients so um you know things like the nutrition we just did um 
I think two weeks ago, we did a nutrition seminar um, with chefs and dogs. Um, and then obviously we had you on maybe a month or, mm-hmm. month or two ago to talk yep. about canine fitness. And that was, you know, absolutely fantastic for the team just to learn more about, you know, what, what's out there and, and what we need to do to really look after these dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was so, so well received by the team to learn more about, you know, about especially things like warming up, um, you know, like I'll admit it's an area that I probably hadn't thought enough about and especially doing things like we have slack meals here at um, Pups for Fun as well and, you know, just looking at, okay, how can we best look after these dogs and, and what what advice can we give the owners? So it was great to have you come and do that for us and, you know, I think it'll, you know, we recorded it and it's on our, um, on our training page now. So, um, you know, it's great for our team to be able to go back and look at it and, and, sure. and learn more. And, and look, you know, certainly a, a pleasure to come down and, and, uh, you know, sorry, not come down. We did it via Zoom. <laughs> uh, I was like, yeah, we're going to, yeah, you know, we did it via Zoom. But, you know, um, it's great to see though, um, you know, a business or an organization, you know, thinking outside the square, as you just mentioned, you know, but also, you know, how many daycares off the top of my head, like I know, but, but you know, very few are going to have any form of uh, slap mill at their, you know, uh, at their facility, you know, like oh, I know because I talk to people a lot, right, you know, but, yeah. you know, but, um, you know, on a, on a broader sort of scale, um, let's just say across Australia or in the US, how many, you know, are utilising that for either their puppy program or during the day for their, uh, um, you know, for their uh, highly active dogs, you know, very small percentage are doing that you know so you know to educate staff just on simple things like uh you know as you, as i mentioned warming up gate you know what gate um what are, what energy yeah. system are they using are their nails clipped <laughs> you know you know um yeah. before you even jump onto the just little things like that um you know go a long long way and i think that your clients are going to uh, appreciate those things yeah absolutely like we um so we use the slap meals in our puppy classes um, and in puppy daycare. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting to see the difference in the dogs that come through our puppy program um, when they go out to our you know, bigger daycare. They're so much more confident and so resilient and able to cope with things um, like, you know, our daycare is slightly different than we go out. Big group walks around Canberra, so we'll take anywhere up to sort of 50 dogs out um, around Parliament House and the War Memorial and practice their skills out, out in public. And we really notice the dogs that have come through our puppy program and, you know, have been exposed to things that are different and that build their confidence and resilience. Um, you know, we really notice that they cope a lot better when, you know, we're out in public and we're, you know, as you can imagine, walking through Canberra with 50 dogs, um, we get a lot of people and we, you know, we're sort of famous for our big lineups and, you know, people stop and, you know, there might be 20 to 30 people watching us mm-hmm. um, and the dogs just cope so well. And, and I think that's all, it's all part of it. It's all that, you know, that holistic upbringing and looking at every, every aspect. Um, yeah. And so that staff training that we do and having you and, and various people come and, and talk to the team is just so important for us. Can I can I ask about um, you know client perception around say um, let's just say while we're talking about it you know what was your what's the client yeah. perception especially in puppy puppy school about this fucking slap mill slash big you know big <laughs> fucking treadmill sort of thing you know what yeah, is, well, yeah. even 
even worse, like our the one that we have in our puppy daycare is like it's, it's we've got it off Gumtree. It's like somebody had it for a pig dog. Um, so it looks like a, a medieval torture device. Um, and sometimes people's faces are like, oh my God. But you know, you get one puppy on it and everybody's like, holy moly, this is so awesome. And they they just love seeing their puppies, you know, gaining confidence every week. So, um, you know, sometimes we just can't get out of here at night because everyone's got to have a go on the slap meal. And, and a few of the clients, actually, we had a, a little husky puppy who um, came through puppies and our um, puppy classes and now goes to our daycare and he... Um, he's looking at buying one now so you know it's so good just to be able to open people's minds that then you know and we do get comments sometimes on Facebook when you see our um, on our on Instagram mainly puppies belting along on the slap mill and people like oh my god that's so bad and you know where we just try to explain things and say this is why we do it you know you can't make a puppy run like you're not it's all powered by them so um, you know, if they don't want to do it, we don't, we don't force them. Um, but, you know, you see their happy faces and, and the owners just love it as well. Like it's been, um, it's been really good for us just to have all these various things. Sometimes we do a little bit of CRT as well, um, you know, and the owners are just so receptive to us, you know, trying all these different things with their dogs and, and talking to them about it and, you know, sort of explaining, hey, you know, your dog did really well with this and this would be a great outlet for them. And I think it's, you know, I, I hope it goes more mainstream. I'd love to see, you know, more daycares and more trainers trying out all this different stuff just to, so that people can, can see it and go, oh my God, I didn't even know that this was out there. For sure. And, and look, you know, I'm, you know, that's one of my goals, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. you know it's, it's certainly one of my goals to get, um, you know, more, I suppose, commercial operations involved and, uh, you know, train their staff adequately, adequately so they can do it safely. Um, you know, that's obviously uh, top of the list is that they're doing things safely um, for the dog and then therefore can explain, as you mentioned to the, um, you know, the owner or the client, hey, this is why we're doing this don't stress <laughs> you know yeah. um you know um because yeah i know that um there was a conversation just recently on social media that i seen you know obviously versus a, a slap mill versus a um standard um, powered treadmill you know and i certainly believe there's a um you know, a place for both, hundred percent, right? Um, you know, but a lot of people were shying away from the, the slap mill because they just didn't quite understand the process behind it. Yeah, and I think that's it. It's just people haven't been exposed to it, and mm -hmm. you know, when you hear about, you know, the only way that you'd ever hear about a slap mill, mm -hmm. you know, five years ago was when they were being seized through, you know, fighting dogs and stuff like that. Yep. Um, where it's now through like GRC and the work mm. of Jay Jack and people like that, you know, they're, they're coming into people's homes. Like to think, you know, five years ago that I would have one sitting in my lounge room, mm -hmm. um, you know, I'd just be like, what, what on earth? Oh. Um, but, you know, we've got three here at the business now. We're, you know, looking at buying more and, and some of our staff own them and they're just, I mean, they're just the best. Oh, for sure. You know, I, um, I, Look, I had one about eight, nine years ago. I imported, I imported from the Philippines, and um, look, it was an absolute piece of shit. Um, you know, the, <laughs> the um, you know, the evolution of slab mills has come a long, long way in just, and, you know, obviously construction, uh, education, the, the things that you could can do with them now. You know, look, you know, would I 
spend ten thousand dollars on a slap mill no way right <laughs> you know you know yeah. so, so for me it's about finding a happy medium about uh functionality but also within your budget as well you know so a lot of and that's what i tell people when they reach out you know what do you want it for <laughs> you know and um number one what's your budget you know so um yeah certainly when it comes to slap mills um do your research for sure you know um you know there's there's a number of local uh local people here in australia distributing them uh there's ones in the us you know so um do your do your research for sure yeah absolutely yeah and i think you know i i didn't actually think that cardi would do that well like the first couple times we had a go on a slap meal like she was bloody terrified and and i was like oh this is not going to be her thing but um the more access that we had to one um made it so much better and then suddenly she was like hang on a minute i can do this um and so i was like all right you know i'll go out on a whim and buy one and and hope for the best and and knowing what she's like i sort of thought you know i'm pretty sure that we can we can make something of this and and if not somebody will buy it um but yeah now she absolutely loves it and it's an it's a real lifesaver for me you know days where i work do work the longer shifts and run puppy classes at night and I can't always, you know, get out to do something, especially, you know, Canberra winter. Um, then, you know, I can throw her on the slap mill and, it, and she's not missing out. And, you know, it keeps her fit and healthy and happy and, and she yep. can go to bed after that. Oh, for, for sure. Um, and, and you know, as you probably know, and if you follow me on Instagram or uh, on Facebook, I've just recently uh, have a new one from Valward Enterprises, which I which I really like. Um, super nice. Um, you know, has it got all the bells and whistles? No, it hasn't. Right. But, I, you know, for me, I don't want the bells and whistles. And if it was in my budget, easy to work with, um, you know, and uh, great customer service, you know, so I'm super stoked with um, with my my particular mill. Um, however, like I said, there's there's plenty out there um do your research for sure um but i was going to say that it's always the way right so uh, my two gsps uh i sold my other my old old slap mill before i got these two gsps so i've had to reintroduce them to the slap mills and yeah. you know they're a little bit hesitant of course you know first time and uh but my little fucking frenchie just jumps on it and goes oh, fuck you fuck you this is how you do it <laughs> you know yeah Frenchie in our in our daycare, Hank, and oh my god, he belts. He's probably our fastest yeah. of, of all the slap mill dogs. He's amazing. And he came up the same thing as exposed as a puppy mm. on our on our mill. And now, oh my god, he's amazing. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. Like Romeo was there strutting his stuff, and the, you know, <laughs> the, the two big dogs are just looking up, and he's like, Yeah, this is how you do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't, the one you don't need it for. <laughs> I know, right? I know, right? Uh, you know, but uh, he, he loves it. All my dogs, are, you know, they're, uh, they're getting used to it. And, uh, you know, it, I've only had it, obviously, a few weeks. So uh, still a very, very early days. But um, certainly, as you mentioned, it's, a, it's a, a bit of a lifesaver when you just haven't got that particular time. Yeah, for sure. So I just wanted to uh, just briefly talk about before we, we sort of wrap things up, um, you know, your your journey with Cardi, obviously, you know, um, you started there with, um, you know, GRC, moved into Ashley's program. And then, you know, we'll talk about me for a moment, <laughs> you know, I, um, sort of. You know, stumble. <laughs> yeah, my podcast, but I don't like doing too much, you know, um, about myself to, uh, on the podcast. So, you know, you sort of stumbled across me and, um, you know, we, we caught up. Can you tell me about, you know, without 
being too awkward here, <laughs> you know, uh, tell me about um, how you stumbled across me. Um, obviously, uh, you were selected to do um, an introduction eight week program with me, um, you know, which is now completed just sort of your journey, um, I suppose, with me with Cardi throughout that that short period of time. Yeah, so we were still um, doing a little bit of CRT and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, I was pretty happy with where Cardi was at with her fitness, but I'd been listening to your podcast, which I absolutely love, and, and um, you know, watching some stuff. And, and I saw the thing come up about the canine fitness, and I'd been looking at Erica's program um, as well. It's something that I wanted to do, but just not in my budget at this stage um, because it's not, you know, it's not a career that I'm going to go into it so it's not going to make me any money mm -hmm. um but you know when I saw that you had that program I was like my god you know this this could be really good this is what we need because sometimes I just don't like even though I have you know various things I do the CRT I've got a slap mill all that sort of stuff how to put it all together was what I really needed and and what I should be doing each day and um you know what sometimes I like I go too far and then her knees hurt and all that sort of stuff so really understanding a bit better about how to put that together into a program that was going to help her um so yeah I was lucky enough to be selected which was really good and and you know there's so much in there that I learned and especially stuff like you know about the warm-ups and the stretching and all that sort of thing like you know it was stuff that yeah, we did, you know, a little bit of warming up and it was generally just a bit of a walk around the block and that sort of thing before we started. But so, you know, doing all the exercises that you brought out each week and, and you know, had ready for us and videos and all that sort of stuff, it was really good for me because it just made it super clear. This is what I had to do each day. And even though, like, I changed the program around a bit to um, suit, you know, my working and, and hours and stuff. And that and it was good. The way that you presented it made it easy for me to do, do that. And one of my other staff, Kyle, he um, did the program as well. And, you know, we were both sort of like, oh, well, you know, we've got a 13-hour day this day with puppy class and stuff. So, um, you know, the fact that we were able to change that around was really good. Um, and just learning more, yeah, more about her, her ability to move and, and all that sort of stuff was things I hadn't really looked at. Um, you know, there was so much about, you know, building fitness and muscle, but I really didn't look at the intricacies of that, um, which your program gave me. So, um, God, it was, it was fantastic. Like, I think I'll, I'll probably sign up again, I reckon, <laughs> just to keep me on track as well. You know, it's a bit like having your own personal trainer, but for your dog. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And that, you know, that was really needed for me. Like, Cardi's never been in such good nick in her life. And even though, you know, occasionally I'll slack off and have a week off, it's a lot easier to get back into it mm -hmm. um, because I know, you know, more things and I know, oh, I can just go back to Daniel's program and and restart that and you know start it again and I know where to where to go to and not to go too far and stuff like that yeah for sure and and you know just on that I, I believe so you know most of the um you know the people that I selected for the initial group were trainers or or they had a background in behavior or, or you know a, a background in particular sports right so they were switched on people it wasn't just joe you know joe blow off the street that you know wants to lose 
a couple of kilos off their dog, you know. So they'll, for me, yeah. they were switched on people um, in, in in regards to their dogs, but also people, other people's dogs. And you know, yeah. I think you you know you hit it on the head. Like, you know, we probably know a lot of this stuff, but we we haven't put it into a systematic program that we can follow. You know. Um, yeah for sure yeah. and that's a number of you know or and also have have one have someone that you're accountable to <laughs> as well yeah yeah absolutely and i'll like i'll admit when i first saw you know the people that you'd selected and i was kind of like mate he's gone a bit mad like you know these dogs are all super fit already <laughs> and i said you know the you know, before and after photos are not going to be as dramatic as if you got you know a couple of fat that labs or something like that um but you know the difference in our dogs was still phenomenal and i like i it like blew me out of the water um you know kyle um kyle staffy who like the change in his body just amazing and same with cardi like just especially with abs and you know that core strength stuff was really you know i can see see the difference in her and i can see it in her um like in her work and stuff like that so when you know even just jumping for a ball or something like that like i can see that that strength in the core come out she's moving so much better she's not pulling up sore um so you know if if it can do that for a dog like her who was already you know fairly fit and active and and i was quite happy with her fitness like you know the thought of you know, some of our clients' dogs and stuff like that. Like, I would love to see so many dogs doing stuff like this um, just to really open people's minds up about what, you know, what their dogs are capable of as well. Um, And I think, you know, promoting that longevity in our dogs. um, You know, Dusty, who's 16, I wish that I'd been able to start it a little bit earlier. Um, He's not able to do all of the things, but I was able to pick out bits and pieces as well to help him and his mobility, which has been really good as well. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, and just, you know, having a, a like I said, a bit of a holistic approach, uh, selecting uh, certain exercises, um, you know, so, you know, just for people out there, my program is not a one-on-one customized program. It's a, you know, it is a, um, you know, there's set days, set activities, etc. However, you can customize it to suit yourself. Yeah. Yeah, and that was like you gave us all those tools to be able to go, here's all the things. Now, you know, if you need to change it, do it. If you don't need to, great. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and, and just even things, you know, having that balance, whether we, you know, we work on uh, nutrition, strength, endurance, um, you know, balance, proprioception, flexion, um, you know, there's a heap of different uh elements to uh, canine fitness or you know uh, canine conditioning um, and incorporating them into a program for me is you know taking a, a piece of each and, and spending some time on that you know to have a um, and to make up the whole piece of the pie or, or the whole piece of the puzzle you know so that as you mentioned there's you know um, you spent quite a lot of time uh, doing some drag work and uh, you know sometimes we just don't quite think about the other pieces of the puzzle you know so um, for sure so you know the the main goal is um for the foundation program is there to to bring everything together and um you know get people to take away what they um you know that system (laughs) of course but also um you know take away what they need you know like with you for instance we don't spend too much time on nutrition you know what i mean (laughs) you know like uh 
um, even with the lecture that I that I that got I did for your staff. You know, if I know that you've got a nutritionist coming and um, to do it to do that, there's no point in me spending you know a good hour talking about nutrition, the foundation of the program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what was so good about it, and I think you know for for people that you know I have in our dogs that come here you know so many of them are super fit and they go running with their owners and all that sort of stuff but you know it's yeah those other little bits of the picture um that would just you know really increase those dogs ability to do more and live longer and be healthier and and you know not end up with terrible arthritis and and being unable to move and all that sort of stuff like I just think the more people that get onto programs like that earlier in the dog's life Mm -hmm. um you know, the better like you can keep that that sort of knowledge in your head forever and and it's it's fantastic for sure and even just going back to your socialization on the slap mill you know um with the puppies at your you know your facility you know that huge tick you know is going to make uh confident um happy healthier puppies um you know and and so therefore dogs in the in the long term yeah yeah absolutely and that's you know that's really what we like to do in our both our puppy daycare and our um and our puppy classes is just really give people the tools to be able to go away and understand more about you know confidence and resilience and um you know if they've got those you know it doesn't matter if they can't sit for you know 20 minutes mm -hmm. um if they can go out in the world and and not be terrified of it mm -hmm. um and you know and bad things can happen and and the dogs like it doesn't matter you know i've had scary things before or things that made me a little bit nervous and i got through it mm -hmm. um you know, and, and that's what what i love to see like i love that kind of stuff and then and i think adding the fitness and and the nutrition in is like just is the icing on the cake like yeah. it's for sure the jobs that are coming through are just amazing yeah no awesome all right that's enough um talking about me <laughs> and, and, the, and the program but uh you yeah, know about me, Daniel. that's on. exactly right <laughs> um so just just to finalize on that though if anyone's uh, keen to to learn or, or figure out um a little bit more about what i do there'll be a link obviously uh to sign up uh for um some more information coming real soon uh in the show notes for sure so um, the other thing um hopefully you know later in the year we'll be able to get to uh canberra for a face-to-face -face, uh workshop to some um in some way shape or form so uh, that'll be um super excited so i wanted to uh yeah try and get uh um you know brisbane sydney canberra i'm not sure about melbourne at this point in time still working on some stuff but uh you know the second half of this year uh getting those uh those workshops out there so super excited about that as well awesome yeah yep. definitely recommend it like the couple of things that i've done with you between the staff training and that like it's all been it's all been really good stuff and you know everyone's really enjoyed it so um keep it up awesome thank <laughs> you very much so dallas if uh, anyone's uh, listening and um they want to reach out where's probably the the easiest way to you know either follow you on socials or uh you know reach out to you and, and find out a little bit more yeah, so um, Instagram, I'm Dallas B and Dogs. Mm -hmm. um, so that's my personal page where you can just, you know, see what Cardi's up to with her, um, all her various things. Um, our business is Pups for Fun. Um, so we do daycare, um, dog walking, dog training and um, grooming in, here down in Canberra. And um, GRC Canberra is our GRC club. Um, we are 
are taking new members at the moment. Um, so yeah, we train every every Saturday um, and every second Sunday. Um, so yeah. Awesome. Get in touch any of those ways. Fantastic. Fantastic. All right, uh, Dallas, look, I say thank you very much for uh, joining us on the podcast. Really appreciate, uh, you know, you giving us a bit of backstory um, and obviously the, you know, positive feedback about um, my program as well. So thank you very much. Awesome. No worries. Thanks for having me. Not a problem. I'll talk to you soon. Yes. Bye. Are you looking for the perfect gift for you or a friend that loves dogs and fitness? Dogs and Deadlifts has you covered with merchandise and giftware, including t-shirts, hoodies, cushion covers, mugs, plus much more. Head over to teespring.com forward slash dogs and deadlifts. That's T-E-E-Spring.com forward slash dogs and deadlifts. Or check out the link in the podcast notes.